1: And now, here's act one of The Old Ones Are Hard to Kill. It begins with a stethoscope, a blood pressure reading, an electrocardiogram, and an altogether satisfying report on the health of Mrs. Ada Canby.
2: Hmm. Well, can't see a thing to complain about, Ada. That little congestion you had last time is all cleared up. All in all, I'd say you're doing fine.
3: For a woman my age, you mean. Huh?
2: <laughs> <laughs> the older the chicken, the tougher it is to kill. <laughs> That's what my grandmother used to tell me. and She lived to be 98. <laughs> Speaking of relatives, you uh, see much of Walter. My grandson? Oh, the usual once a year
3: visit. And he always comes up with the same complaint. What's that? That well, I shouldn't be living all alone.
2: Oh, that big house of yours must get pretty lonely sometimes.
3: Well, the truth is, Dr. George, I'm not alone there.
2: Mm-hmm. You're not?
3: I decided to take in the border last month. Really? I haven't written Walter about it. Uh, I'm sure he'd object to my taking in a stranger, but there's really nothing wrong with Mr. Paulson, except his health, maybe.
2: His uh, health? What's wrong with him?
3: Oh, the poor man's had a terrible cold for the past two weeks. Well, let me do a thing for him, though.
2: Well, now, where did you meet this, Mr. Paulson? Well, he
3: answered the ad I ran. He's just back from South America. Been living in Brazil for years. He's a very nice gentleman, really. He keeps himself and tends his birds. He has the loveliest blue
2: parakeets.
3: You can hear them chirping all over the house. <laughs> it's the friendliest sound.
2: Well, I, uh, I don't see anything wrong with what you're doing, Ada. Just make sure you don't go and catch the man's cold.
3: There's not much chance of that. Poor man hardly ever leaves his room. Well, how much do I owe you? I'll send you the bill. I'm sure you'll forget all about it. (laughs) (laughs) Promise me you'll send it. (laughs) Oh, dear. Me fix you a little hot milk and honey. Oh, no, thank you, Mrs. Canby. Thanks very much. I'm going to try to get some sleep. Well, all right, if you say so. I guess it's time I was in bed myself. <laughs> oh my, listen to that poor man. I uh, wonder if he keeps his birds awake, too.
4: Mrs. Canby,
3: please, please. For heaven's sake, is, is he calling Mrs. me? Mrs. Canby! He is calling me. I'm, I'm coming, Mr. Paulson. Oh, no. Where are those darn slippers? I'll be right there. What, what is it, Mr. Paulson? What's the matter? Mrs. Canby? Mr. Paulson! Just look at you. Why didn't you tell me you were so sick? I would have called a doctor. No, no, too late now. Too late. Well, I know a very good doctor. I so saw him only this afternoon. I'll go and call him right no, now. No, please, listen to me. Well, I've got to get help for you, Mr. Paulson. Dying, dying, confession. Well, do you want a priest? Is that what you want? Richardson murdered. Ten years ago. What? Murder. I did it. I killed him for money. I was paid. Did you hear me? Oh, Lord. Uh, Mr. Polson, do you know what you're saying? Do you understand me? Lindell is innocent. I killed Richardson, oh, not Lindell. Well, let, let me get help. And you can tell them yourself, Mr. Paulson, and the police and the doctor. You tell them, please. Tell them to free Lindell. He's innocent. Tell them I'm the one who killed Richardson ten years ago. Well, I don't know anything about such things, and I know why. I them. did it. I killed Richardson. I, I did no, it. No, I don't want I don't to hear it. I don't, please don't tell <clears throat> me. Please. Mr. Paulson, I. I... Mr. Paulson. Oh, dear God, I I think he's gone. (laughs) Listen to those poor little buddies. I suppose they miss poor Mr. Paulson. I'll leave them in his room. Well, let's see about this letter now. (laughs) Dear Walter, I hope you don't mind my turning to you for advice. But I really don't know what to do. It's been three days since my boarder, Mr. Paulson, passed away, and I still haven't told the police what the man said to me. I just can't bring myself to get mixed up in anything like this. Uh, dear, what's the use of writing, Walter? You'll probably think I've dreamed it all up. No, I'll just forget it. How do you forget such a thing? Those names. I keep hearing them. Richardson, Lindell, Lindell is innocent. Oh, dear God, what if it's all true? If Mr. Paulson actually murdered this Richardson, and Lindell is innocent? Only well, who are they? I wonder if it's a telephone book well Well, why not? Richardson. Mm, Richard, oh, I see that. J. all right. Yes, yeah, yes, here it is. Oh, Lord, just dozen not Well, I'll try Lindell. That nice. wouldn't be as common, I don't suppose. Yes, yes, here it is. That's only about half a dozen, then the Oh. Oh my heavens. Lindell and Richardson? Both names together, Lindell and Richardson, investments. Nine Concourse, 4153132. I wonder if... Well, maybe... Maybe it's the only way to be sure. Lindell? He isn't? Well, then what about Mr. Richardson? Oh, I see. Well, is there someone there I can speak to? Yes, yes, please. Thank you. Hello, this is Mr. Kelton. May I be of service? Well, maybe you can. I, I want to know about your Mr. Richardson, uh, about when he died. I think I did business with him once, a, a long time ago. Well, it's ten years, madam, just about. But uh, if you're interested in investment advice. Well, I'll think about it. Thank you very much. <coughs> ten years. Well, it could be a coincidence. I guess it all depends on how he died. <laughs>
5: Thank you. Well now, how can we be of help to you?
3: Well, I didn't come here to get help, Mister Shelton. I came to help you, as a matter of fact, or rather, somebody, you know. Who would that be? Uh, Mister John Lindell, the man who was supposed to have murdered Mister Richardson. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm not following you. Well, it took me all week to find out what happened to those two men, and finally I found the story in the old newspaper room down at the library. About Mr. Lindell being indicted for killing his partner. But I'm I'm sure you know the whole story a lot better than I do. Well, of course I know the story, but (laughs) that was quite a long time ago, Mrs. Canby. Ten years doesn't seem so long when you're my age. Anyway, the point is that I can help your Mr. Lindell, only I can't do it alone. Did you know
5: John Lindell?
3: No, no, I didn't. Nor Mr. Richardson, for that matter. The man I knew was named Poulson. Who? I rented a room to Mr. Poulson, and he died about eight days ago of pneumonia. I was there when it happened. Well,
5: that's unfortunate, but... uh...
3: But Before he died, Mr. Poulson told me something about Mr. Richardson's murder. He said Mr. Lindell hadn't been responsible, that he, Mr. Poulson, had committed it for money. Oh, Mrs. Canby, listen to me. It was this man Mendel that bothered him. The fact that he was in prison for something he didn't do. I thought I should tell you this, Mr. Chelton, because you knew both of these gentlemen. It said so in the newspaper. Mrs.
5: Canby, my, my dear woman. What? <laughs> I don't know what silly story you heard, but... It's completely wrong. There wasn't any question about what happened. This border of yours, whatever his
3: name is, merely had an obsession. Well, just the same, I thought you could follow through on this business. Yeah. Tell the police. Because if it is true, Mr. Lindell should be freed. On evidence like that? Well, I don't know anything about evidence. I'm just telling you what I heard. Well, never mind. I suppose I should have told the police myself. Wait,
5: wait, Mrs. Canby. Let me put your mind at rest. John Lindell is no longer in prison. He isn't? He's dead, Mrs. Canby. He's been dead for the last three years. Oh. He wasn't a young man when all this happened, when he accused his partner Fred Richardson of defrauding him and shot him dead. He died? In prison? (sighs) Even if all you say is true, that this man was Richardson's murderer, you can't help John Lindell any longer. He's beyond that.
3: But his name, don't you want to hear his name?
5: Have you any proof? Any living witness? Just myself. Forget it, Mrs. Candy. That's my advice to you. The old wound is healed. Don't reopen it. Oh, and well,
3: it troubles me so. I haven't thought of anything else since it happened. Perhaps if I saw a minister, if I had some advice from a man of God...
5: Maybe... Mrs. Canby, now you said something.
3: Now you've shown me the way.
5: That's where our answer lies, dear woman, in prayer. Mm-hmm. In the forgiveness of our dear Lord. Will you pray with me, Mrs. Canby? Pray? Here? Why not? God is everywhere. Please. Join me. Dear Lord, tell us what to do. Give us your divine guidance. Show us the path to righteousness. Mr. Shelton. Help us, oh Lord. Help us to understand. Teach us to forgive the sins of others and to forget them. To forget. I feel much better now, Mr. Candy. Do you? I'm... Um not sure. Let's turn this matter over to God, Miss Scamby. Not to the police, but to the Lord. It's in his hands now. Don't you agree?
3: Well, in a way, that's true. Since they're dead now, all of them... Yes?
2: Uh, Mrs. Candy? Yes My name's Stuart Winfield, Mrs. Mm Candy. I understand you have a room for rent? Yes, 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 I do Well, I'm new in town, just arrived from Philadelphia I've been staying at a hotel, but I'd like something homier
3: Well, the room I have is $35 a week I can't offer you any meals, but you can use
2: the kitchen all you want Well, that sounds good to me Would uh, would you like to see the room? Yes, ma'am, I sure would
3: Well, come on in ma'am. Thank you By the way, how did you know I had a room for rent? Hmm?
2: I was going to place an ad this weekend. Oh, I I, I guess someone at the hotel mentioned it. uh, I forget just who. Say, this is a real fine old house, Mrs. Canby. Mm -hmm. I can see that I'm going to like this place just fine.
1: And so Mrs. Canby has a new boarder. He's a very personable young man with a great deal more charm than old Mr. Paulson had. Perhaps in a little while, Mrs. Canby will be able to forget her former border and the shocking confession he made on his deathbed. I'll be back shortly with Act Two. I want like No time at all to make himself at home in Ada Canby's big old house. He loved everything about his room. The fine old four-poster bed. The crazy quilt that Ada herself had sewn up 40 years ago. The lace curtains on the window. He even loved Mr. Paulson's blue parakeets. But what he really seemed to like best was Mrs. Canby herself.
3: Just take me two minutes to get
2: these... Clean sheets on the bed, Mr. Here, let me give you a hand. No, 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 I can manage. I've been making this bed for almost 50 years. 50? You've lived in this house that long?
3: Huh? did in here when I got married, back in 1919. My husband David bought it for us. Our only son, Ralph, was born in it.
2: And you've lost them both?
3: Yes, yeah, they're both
2: dead, but I haven't lost them. Oh, yes, yes, I understand, Mrs. Canby. I guess I feel that way about my mom. Your mother's dead? Yes, she died when I was two. Well,
3: Mr. Winfield, are you
2: sure you want these birds in your room? Hmm? I could take them to the parlor if you want. No, no, I think they're great. I I think everything's great about this house. Uh, But there is something you can do for me. What's that? Would you mind not calling me Mr. Winfield? Oh? Uh, That's what they call my father. My name's Stuart.
3: Well, well, all right. Stuart? Dear Walter, I think it's about time I told you that I have a boarder in the house. Mr. Winfield is the nicest young man you could want to meet. He's a great deal friendlier than my first gentleman, Mr. Paulson. And he seems to like nothing better than to sit around evenings and talk. We talk about his home and his parents and his plans for the future. I think the poor boy misses his home and family and I'm sort of a substitute
2: for all that. You know, it isn't really fair, Mrs. Candy. You said I had kitchen privileges, but that doesn't mean you have to cook for me. It's a pleasure,
3: Stuart. I haven't had anyone to cook for in years. You're
2: kidding. You mean to say you cook this good without
3: practice? Oh, you're just being nice. I'm sure that stew is just plain
2: ordinary. It's terrific. No kidding. It, it tastes like... well, it... It tastes like home, if you know what I mean. Well, it depends on whose home you mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mom cooks stews like this. That's what I meant. Your mom? Mm. What? But. If she died when you were only two. Oh, well, I, I guess I, I didn't mean my mom exactly. I, I was thinking of my Aunt Martha. Uh, I mean, she's the one who sort of took over the cooking and stuff after my mother died. And my father's sister, you know? I see.
3: Well, that was lucky that you had someone to take her putties. Yeah, that's right.
2: It's... Excuse me. My,
3: Stuart, you're not coming down
2: with anything, are you? No, no, I'm fine. Just a little case of the sniffle.
3: Listen, if your room isn't warm enough, I have an extra
2: bottle. No, no, the room's just fine. Don't worry about it.
3: You'll be sure now. I know I felt a little guilty about poor Mr. Paulson when he got sick. Uh, Maybe I didn't take good enough care of
2: him. Uh, Paulson? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Was that your former boarder, the uh, the bird lover?
3: Yes, yes, that was his name, the poor man.
2: Tell me about him.
3: Well, I don't really know that much about
2: him. He lived here less than two months. Well, what sort of a guy was he?
3: Well, Very quiet. He kept to himself.
2: Did you say he was from South America? I don't remember if I did or not. Well, you must have said it.
3: Yeah, yes, of course. He was American, but he'd been living in Brazil. I don't know why exactly. Although, come to think of it, maybe I do. What do you mean? Well, it, it just occurred to me that Brazil might be just the place for someone who came into a lot of money and, and wanted to leave the country.
2: I don't understand. <coughs> oh, my.
3: Uh. I really think you are getting a cold, Stuart. I'm getting that blanket out this
2: minute. Now, wait, Mrs. Canby. I'd rather hear no, about...
3: Never mind. I don't want to take any chances. I'll be right back.
2: Yes, Mrs. Candy.
3: Don't take any chances, Stewart. Yes, come in. I brought your tray,
2: Stuart. Oh, now you shouldn't have. <laughs> you shouldn't have gone to all that trouble, Mrs. Candy. was
3: a least bit of trouble. Besides, you've got to have some supper feed a cold
2: and start the feeling this I mean, I was going to come out to the kitchen and, and get myself a sandwich or something. You're going to have to bring it to me. Oh, look at that. Is that roast chicken? Well, that's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> I
3: hope it tastes all right.
2: A noodle soup with dumplings. Mrs. Canby, you're spoiling me rotten. Do you know that? Yeah, I just thought it would be a good idea if you stayed in bed and took it easy.
3: You weren't
2: planning to go out tonight, were you? No, no, I was just going to stay in and read for a while. Maybe watch television. Oh, that's good. Here, I'll just set this tray down. <laughs> oh, the service here is just too good. Oh, we, <laughs> we never uh, never finished our talk the other day about that boarder of yours, uh, Mr. Paulson.
3: Well, there's not much
2: to say about him, really. Well, you said something about his living in South America. <laughs> you said you thought you understood why he was living there. Sounded real interesting.
4: Well, the- What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Truth
3: is, Stuart, there is something to tell about Mr. Paulson. Maybe you can help me feel better about it
4: all. About what?
3: I'm not going to tell you if you don't eat.
2: <laughs> All right, Mrs. Canby, I'll eat.
3: Well, it happened just about three weeks ago.
2: That's nothing, Mrs. Candy. That's about the best roast chicken I've had in years. I'm sure I spoiled your appetite with all my chocolate. No, no. That was a really interesting story. But what do you think of it all, Stuart? Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. No. The killer is the man who hired Mr. Paulson. Don't you see? Is it right that he should get away with
2: it? No, wait a minute. <laughs> You're jumping to conclusions. No, I'm
3: not. Mr.
2: Paulson told me that
3: he was hired to do this
2: thing. Well, maybe he was hired by Lindell. Maybe Lindell hired him and then Paulson got cold feet and Lindell did the shooting himself. No,
3: I'm sure that isn't true. You see,
2: I read the newspaper article all about it. You you really were thorough about this, weren't you, Mrs. Candy?
3: You oh, poor man, that coal's gone to your chest now,
2: hasn't it? No, I'm all, I'm all right. Stop, stop worrying about me. Let's talk about this this other problem of yours.
3: Well, maybe I'm making it more of a problem than it should be. Maybe if I just told the police everything, I could forget it once and for all.
2: No, I. Uh... I really couldn't advise that, Mrs. Candy.
3: Well, it said in the newspaper story that the two men were partners in that investment firm. And Mr. Lindell thought that his partner, Richardson, was cheating, taking money out of the firm. And that's why he's supposed to have shot him.
2: Wasn't there a witness to the
3: shooting? Why, yes, I think there was. Come to think of it, it was Mr. Shelton.
2: That's right, that's right Well, doesn't that that wrap it up for you?
3: Well, it would if it wasn't for Mr.
2: Paulson Listen, Mrs. Candy You know how much I like you Why, in just a few days You're more like family to me Than my Aunt Martha ever was Well, it's nice of you to say, Stuart And that's why I want you to listen to me about this That's why I want you to forget about this whole foolish thing. And listen
3: to you—you sound awful, Stuart. Just tell me I'm all right. No, you're not all right. I'm going to get you some cough medicine right this minute.
2: It's me, Winfield. Well, what's happening? I think i better stick around for a few more days, Mr. Chelton. The old lady's beginning to get fidgety, if, if you know what I mean.
1: Well, something tells me that Stuart Winfield isn't such a nice young man after all. Could it be that he wasn't telling Mrs. Canby the truth about his dear mother and his Aunt Martha? Could he have not told her the truth about his plans for the future? Of course, the real issue is what sort of plan does he have for Ada Canby's future? I'll be back shortly with Act Three. If you want one. She isn't sleeping well tonight. But of course, Mrs. Canby has good reasons for insomnia. Her thoughts are whirling. Her border steward was right. She doesn't want the bother of going to the police. And she firmly believes in the old adage, if you don't trouble trouble, trouble won't trouble you. But
3: still... are going to get to sleep tonight. <laughs> poor Stuart. He's still coughing. <laughs> I'm sure that room is just too dry. <laughs> I never should have let any boarders in until I got the windows fixed. Oh dear, that poor boy. I'll never forget the terrible night Mr. Paulson was coughing so badly. Huh? And the way he looked, all gray and shrunken only I knew he was so sick. No. If only he'd never even come to this house. Mrs. Canby, I killed Richardson. I did it. Do I ever forget the sound of that man's voice? Mid-bell is innocent. Mid-bell is innocent. That poor man. All the years he spent in jail for something he didn't do. Dogs lie, Mrs. Canby. My aunt Martha always said, Let sleeping dogs lie. Oh, if only I could get some sleep. Let us turn this matter over to God, Mrs. Yes, yes. Not to the police. Not to the police. Not to the police. What a strange man he is, Mr. Chubb. The way he talked about God praying at his desk. Of course, God is everywhere, but his desk. I killed Richardson. I murdered him for money. I was paid. I was paid. Paid? Paid. Someone had to pay him. Mr. Paulson wasn't the only guilty one. Someone else was, too. lock okay. okay. Oh dear. oh, dear Lord, Mr. Chilton. Chilton. What did that newspaper article say? The chief witness against Mr. Lindell was Arnold Chilton. But how could he be a witness There's something that never happened? How could he be? Oh, let me tell someone. I'll have to talk to someone. <laughs> Yes, I'll tell Stuart about
2: it. In the morning. Stuart, are you awake? Yes, I'm up, Mrs. Canby. Come in. Oh, no. Now, don't tell me I'm getting breakfast in bed, too. Well, I know you had a terrible night
3: last night, Stuart. You were coughing much worse than ever.
2: I guess that medicine wasn't very good. Sorry I kept you awake, Mrs. Tandy. Oh, that wasn't your fault.
3: Something else
2: kept me up. What was that? Oh, my
3: mind, I guess. Maybe I should say my conscience. Oh, that sounds serious. (laughs) But it is something serious, Stuart. Well, I might have let a man get away with murder. No, it's even worse than that.
2: He did something worse than murder. You're talking about Paulson again?
3: (laughs) No, I'm talking about the man who hired Mr. Paulson. He didn't just have that man Richardson shot. He let an innocent person go to jail and die there. Now, that's like committing two murders, if you ask me. I have to tell you something that occurred to me last night.
2: Sure, go ahead. Well,
3: it's about Mr. Chelton. Mr. Arnold Chelton.
2: Yeah? Go on. I'm listening.
3: Stuart, I wonder if maybe the reason Mr. Chelton was so upset with me, the reason he didn't want me to go to the police, was because he was afraid... Explain what you mean. Well, what I mean is maybe Mr. Shelton had good reason besides the one he told me. He was working for both Mr. Richardson and Mr. Lindell at the time of the murder.
2: Well, so what?
3: Well, he was also the chief witness at the trial, a witness for the prosecution.
2: But he saw the shooting, didn't he? But that's
3: just the point. He saw Mr. Lindell shoot
2: Mr. Richardson. Well, that's not what you told me last time. I mean, that he was an eyewitness. No, that's right. He didn't actually see the
3: shooting. He was miles away when it happened. I don't quite remember the details.
2: There was something about a phone call, maybe?
3: Yes. Yes, that's what it was. He claimed that Mr. Richardson was talking to him on the phone when Mr. Lindell showed up at his apartment. He said that Richardson cried out something about Lindell having a gun. And then he heard
2: the shot. But how could
3: that have happened if the gun was fired by Mr. Paulson?
2: If, Mrs. Canby, that's the big little word, isn't it? If... (laughs)
3: But don't you see what I'm saying, Stuart? Arnold Sheldon... Had the most to gain. Gain? From what? From both these men leaving the firm. that will leave the whole thing him. All those customers, all the investments he handles, All the commissions, or whatever they call it. Are you accusing this guy, Shelton, of being
2: the killer? Yes. It's it's the only answer, it. Well, look, if that was the case, the <gasps> police would have figured it
3: out. But they didn't. There was nothing in the stories I read that pointed any suspicion at Mr Chelton. I don't suppose it even occurred to them. And now the company is all his.
2: You don't you don't call that evidence, do you?
3: Well then why didn't he let me go to the police? Why did he try so hard to talk me out of it? That man was praying to it. He was taking the name of oh, the no, Lord. Oh, I'm sorry, Stuart. I'm so sorry. I won't bother you anymore. I know what I have to do anyway. <laughs> Mrs. Candy I won't wait. be gone long still. No, no, wait But the minute I get back I'm going to call Dr. George and ask him to
2: come over
3: You're sick. Never mind George. the
2: doctor You're calling the police No, no, I won't
3: call him. You're right I don't want them tracking mud in my parlor I'm going down to the station house and talk to them. I'll get dressed now and go straight there. Please, please think about what you're doing. I'll tell them what I know and they can do the rest. Now, you try to eat
2: something, Stuart. Please. Mrs. Candy. What is this, Winfield? I told you not to call me at the office. It's an emergency. You sound terrible. What's the matter with you? I'm sick. Only you're going to be a lot sicker. What are you talking about? The old lady. I can't stop her. She's decided to talk. What? She figured it out. Figured out exactly what you did, Sheldon, and how you did it. You've got to stop Do You hear me? That wasn't part of the deal, Shelton. It's all of the deal now. The price didn't include anything like that. The price just doubled. Old ladies are always having accidents. Make her have one. Make her have one now, Winfield. <laughs> all right, all right. She's gonna, she's gonna have a fall down the cellar steps. Right now. <laughs> i got to get my robe on and I slip I've got to hurry.
3: Stuart? Is that you?
2: Open up, Mrs. Clomby. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Stuart Winfield, what are you doing out of bed now? You'll go right back there this second.
2: I got, I got to talk to you, Mrs. Canby, before you go to the police. Just listen, Julia. You. You're all winded.
3: You can hardly talk, Stuart. Now go back to bed before you catch
2: pneumonia. too. Don't go, Mrs. Canby. It would be better if you never went to the police. Better for you. Better for me. For you? I don't understand. Well, then I. I wouldn't have to hurt you, Mrs. Candy. (laughs) That's what I mean. I wouldn't have to do anything bad to you. Stuart, what in the
3: world are you talking about? Come on, old lady. You're
2: smart, all right. You really think things through. So now, think a little harder. You knew? Stuart, you knew
3: about Mr. Paul? That's right. That's how you do my room romicide. Because
2: uh, Mr. Shelton told you. Now you're getting oh. there, Mrs. Candy. That's why you rented it. That's uh, why you were sent Just to watch you, Mrs. Candy. Just to see oh, that you yes. stayed sensible. Just <laughs> Mr. Shelton! Ch- I was hoping you'd never change your mind about calling the police. I didn't want this part of it. This isn't the part I like. Let me go. Just relax, Mrs. Oh, candy. Don't Just take it easy. God. Please, 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 is well, no. better, right Mrs. Candy? Oh, Just like my Aunt Martha would have been if I, if I had an Aunt Martha. Please, please. let me go. We've got a date now, Mrs. Oh. Handy. Let me go! Don't put up such fighting fight, in I'm sick, remember? Just <laughs> no! shut, shut your eyes. Please, shut your eyes and don't look down. Don't stare. Just shut your eyes, old <laughs> oh, <laughs> <are> all the <laughs> <owner>. Bad that he wasn't you at the bottom of those stairs. Well,
3: will he be all right, Dr. George?
2: Now, what do you want to worry about that man for? Truth is, his injuries don't amount to very much. A couple of broken ribs seem to be the worst of it. But he'll be a patient for some time before they can put him in prison where he belongs. Him and his uh, friend. What was that man's name again? You mean Mr. Chellum? <laughs> Have they arrested him? Yeah, yeah. That's what the police technician said. I
3: understand. Stuart's injuries aren't safe. It's
2: not the fall that made Winfield's sick. His case was diagnosed as simple pneumonia at first. And then I remembered about your first border. Nelson, was it? Of course of course. but he had pneumonia too. He died of it. Oh, is, is pneumonia contagious? Yes, yes it is, but this disease was even more contagious. It's a pneumonia caused by a disease called psittacosis, better known as parrot Oh. Uh. You get it from sick birds, like the parakeets in your spare room. Oh, no. Mr. Poster's oh, Sorry, Ada, but... They had to be taken out and destroyed. Oh, what a shame. There's one reason I I feel sorry for them. They saved your life. Made Mr. Winfield too weak even to throw a little old lady down a flight of steps. Those poor little creatures. Yeah, but you can be grateful they didn't make you sick, too. Mm. Carrot fever is so contagious that... No more than one person in a thousand could be exposed to it and escape infection. It was pretty darn close to a miracle, Ada. they are hard
3: to kill, Doctor. Remember? The old ones are hard to kill.
1: They say that people are living longer than ever before. And when we look at Ada Canby... We can understand why. She's a tough old lady. So tough she could withstand the threats of man, beasts, and birds. So let that be a warning to all those who think that our senior citizens are easy prey for crime. Watch out. They may turn the tables on you. Or the stairs. I'll be back shortly. one final comment for you on behalf of Ada Canby and old people everywhere. There's a saying, there's no fool like an old fool. But it's also true that there's no wisdom and strength like old wisdom and strength. There. Does that make you feel better about your next birthday? Our cast included Agnes Moorhead, Leon Janney, and Roger DeCoven.